Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story against a best friend because she ruined OP's wedding. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I took revenge on my cheating husband. D was perfect. Please notice the tense was. Or at least I thought he was. D's and I's love story wasn't your typical one. You'd expect that due to this fact, our love story will be a perfect, long-lasting one. And it was for a while. The day I met D, I had the most terrible of all mornings. I went to work. As a secretary, I had to get a cup of specially ordered coffee. And I happened to have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. My roommate chose that morning to annoy the living daylight out of me. And I decided to put her in her place, which resulted in a serious altercation. This altercation led to a massive showdown, therefore leading to a terrible morning. To make matters worse, I guess the barista at the cafe was also having a bad day, and he kept getting the orders wrong. On my spot in the queue, I was praying that he got his crap together by the time it was my turn to order. But the gods weren't on my side. It was like they chose the barista to be at his worst during my time to call. He kept getting my order wrong and by the time he got it right I'd wasted 25 minutes. I was 45 minutes late already. This was a stain on my perfect record. Since the company states three strikes on late coming, I realized I was on the safe side. But that realization didn't stop my already terrible mood from becoming worse. While running to work with the coffee in one hand, a large man bumps into me and spills the coffee all over my dress. Talk about icing on the mother freaking cake. I was so pissed and the spill was the final push I needed and I lost it. Let's say I rained down the level of edge he never knew existed on him. After the whole fiasco, I left him feeling embarrassed and just walked away. To cut a long story short, the rest of my day didn't go well. I got scolded by my boss and I got a cut on my yearly bonus. That day wasn't my day. Two weeks later, this man showed up in my office, smiling and laughing with my boss. Then, a brief introduction made me realize he was my boss's best friend. I thought I was screwed, until he, D, acted cool and introduced himself as if we had had no spat before. I greeted him calmly and introduced myself as well. He spent the rest of the day with my boss in his office, and when he came out alone, he approached me and engaged in small talk. Hello, young lady with a fiery temper, he said with a smirk. Hello, sir. How may I be of help? He says, oh, come on, don't be like that. I should have ratted you out to your boss, but I didn't. I deserve some form of reward, wouldn't you say? Looking at him, trying to decipher his game, I decided to play along. Okay, what do you want? He said, three dates. That's all. I said, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the rest they say is history. Years later, we said our vows in front of the Lord, family, and friends. All in all, Dee and I were married for six years, and we have one kid. Since he isn't a kid person and I was a career young lady, we agreed to have just one kid. 
Despite being career people, we both made it a duty to be around for our son anytime he wanted us. We made it a commitment never to let him feel our absence. In the fourth year of our marriage, I noticed Dee's attitude change. He stopped coming home early and always kept late nights, taking mysterious phone calls in the middle of the night and coming home smelling like a woman. I knew these were all signs of a man who kept a mistress. The realization hurt me so much, but I didn't approach him. His attitude made me second guess myself. I've always been a vibrant and confident young woman. I never saw a reason to think of myself any less than any woman. I always saw myself on par with other women, and I never even cringed at seeing more capable women than I was. The thought of D making me feel that I wasn't capable made me begin to develop a not-so-good feeling in the pit of my stomach. The first time I caught D red-handed was on Jay, our son's birthday. He brought this young lady to the birthday party and silly old me welcomed her. Later, during the party, I saw both of them leaving for the bathroom. Call it instinct, but I decided to follow them. On getting to the guest bathroom, I saw D deeply buried in this young lady. Then I made myself visible. The panic on his and the young lady's faces were so comical as they both hurriedly tried to make themselves decent. D tried the legendary line, it's not what you think. I just kept a straight face and stared at the two of them. When D tried to approach me, I suddenly smiled and said, since you both are done, the party's over there. Facing D, I said, it's time for our son to cut the cake, let's go. Then I left the two of them. That night, Dee spent an unreasonable amount of time begging me, but I decided to ignore him. And when his whining became too much, I left the room to sleep in the guest room. In the guest room, I wondered why I was so calm and collected throughout the whole charade, then concluded it was because I knew about his infidelity. Seeing it didn't faze me much, but I cried myself to sleep that night. The next couple of days, Dee changed back to the loving husband he was before. But two weeks later, he was back to his old ways. One time I went to his office to drop off a file he'd forgotten that morning. Since I had a lunch break, I decided to drop it off quickly. On arriving at his place of work, the secretary saw me and started to feel panicky. Seeing her face and behavior, I concluded someone not wanted was in the office with my husband. So I gestured that she should keep quiet, then I opened his door. Trust me, I wasn't disappointed at all. This time, it was two ladies. My husband was deep in one and the other. He was busy kissing and caressing her. They didn't even notice I'd entered. They were already so carried away. I cleared my throat twice and they all froze in shock. You forgot this, I said, dropping the document, retaking a good look at them and then leaving. While in my car, back to my office, I decided to leave D but I knew I couldn't leave him without exerting my revenge on him. Plus, I had to get full custody of my child. It was important. So my plan began. First off, I contacted a friend of mine who was a lawyer and invited her to dinner. Then I asked in detail what was needed to take legal action against a cheating husband, what divorce requirements I needed, and most importantly, what I needed to do to get full custody of my child. She told me if I wanted to gain complete control of my child, I had to prove that my husband was wholly incapable of taking care of a child. I asked how, and she asked if I could prove he was irresponsible and dangerous around the child. Then, as regarding the divorce, she said if I had solid claims and proof of his cheating, 
I could successfully get a divorce and amazing alimony. After dinner, I formulated the perfect plan and immediately began taking action. First, I contacted three sophisticated-looking young ladies and told them I wanted them to seduce my husband. I promised them $1 million each if they could get hard evidence of him cheating. I told them I would provide the phones they'd use to talk to him, but they consistently report to me sometimes. I used the three because I knew my husband's desires were insatiable. The trick was to get him hooked on them, that even though he had other women, he would always want one or all three of them. To sweeten the deal, I offered the girl who would provide me with adequate evidence an additional $1 million. The girls agreed, and we all decided to play the long game to get the plan to be most effective. A, E, and S were the individual names of these young ladies. The most beautiful of them all was S. She had this innocent yet seductive look that just called men to her, and I had a feeling she would be the one walking home with the additional $1 million. While the girls did their own thing, I also set another plan. I had to get the financial manager of my husband's firm to be on my side. Since he was someone who had a thing for me once before, I took advantage of his love for me, which luckily hadn't faded, and told them about how D had been treating me, spicing the story up a little by saying he even used to get physical with me sometimes, and even R word when he felt like it. Technically, no man can stand the sight of a weeping, beautiful young woman. It didn't help if the woman wore a sexy dress that exposed her a little to reveal the bruises. When E, the financial manager, saw how pitiful I looked, he was furious and at the same time sad. He asked what I wanted to do about the whole situation. I told him that I wanted to leave my husband, but I also wanted revenge for how he treated me. He asked what my plan was, promising to support me. Then I pulled him closer and whispered all I had in the program. After hearing what I had in mind, he was scared initially, but... I told him his hard work wouldn't go unrewarded. Whatever the amount he wanted, he would get. After discussing for a few more moments, we parted ways. My revenge was a carefully planned one. It took time to gather sufficient evidence, and everything worked exactly as I wanted. It took two years for everything to be ready, and I sprung into action. After breakfast and the driver took Jay off to school, I brought the divorce papers and presented them to Dee. He was surprised and asked why the sudden divorce papers. I explicitly told him I had had enough of his cheating and I was leaving him for good. I also told him I wanted full custody of my child. D still wore a surprised look on his face when I dropped the divorce papers and walked into the bedroom. He brushed it off as me playing a crazy joke on him and didn't take it seriously until the court issued the divorce letter to him. Then he knew I was serious. After the day I gave him the letter, I moved out of the house. Unfortunately, he thought I was still playing a prank on him and didn't take my moving out seriously. I had taken my kid with me and yet he thought I'd snap out of it soon enough. I guess the letter from the court made him realize I wasn't joking. After presenting the evidence to the judge during our hearing, Dee was surprised about how I got intel about his sexual escapades. I got detailed information that his request to be the one in charge of Jay got denied. I was given full custody of my son and he couldn't visit at all due to his bad behavior. 
Furthermore, he was to give me half of his wealth and assets, as well as provide $500,000 monthly for child support. I had successfully divorced him, and now was the time for my revenge plan to go into motion. Weeks after the judge had given his verdict, the law enforcement agency visited D. He was accused of dealing drugs and was asked to cooperate with the police's investigation. The investigation showed that D was a drug dealer engaged in drug dealing practices on a small scale. He collaborated with his friends, who were drug dealers, to help in shipping in and out of heroin. The business was a very lucrative one. However, where D made a mistake would be transferring his profit in drugs into the company's account. He thought it would be a wise choice of investment. There was, however, a small problem. The funds could not be found in the company's account. No matter how often the company account was checked, the money still could not be found. Also, at that particular time, specific customers started to sue D's company because they got hurt while using D's product and there were damaging consequences. With the lawsuit, his company facing potential bankruptcy, and the massive assets he had no choice but to relinquish to me, D wasn't having the best time. Payback can be a witch. All of you seem confused. Well, let me explain. The whole problems D was currently facing were all me. Yeah, I knew I wanted to ruin him because he made me second guess myself, and he caused me pain. Call me petty, but I find joy in exerting my revenge. So this is what happened. Of the three girls I had set up D with, he took a massive liking to S like I thought he would. He would sometimes visit the other two as well, but he liked S more. Along with his fondness for her came his trust. He trusted her enough to make phone calls he wasn't supposed to in her presence, and S never disappointed me. She was always recording to get adequate evidence. It was through S I found out my ex-husband had a secondary money source, drugs. So I kept the evidence. S also provided me with tapes that helped me win the divorce case against my husband. As for E, his job was to transfer any illegal funds coming into the company. He moved it into another account, opened one in my name, located it in another country, and intelligently covered his tracks. Although the money's disappearance helped D during his lawsuit for a bit, however, there was some evidence that he was doing drugs thanks to S. There was also the personal torment he was going through, the fact that he had no idea about the location of his money. That being said, I'm yet to explain the issue of bankruptcy. I may or may not have sabotaged the company's products. It was pretty easy for me to do because he had the connections within the company to do it. The repercussion was D's company getting sued. And while he was in physical, mental, emotional, and financial distress, my team and I had a splash. I settled the girls, giving S more than I promised, because she did a brilliant job, and putting E in charge of my new company's finances, because I quit my job with D's best friend, and giving my son the best. Some might say I'm a witch, or a wicked lady, I don't care, I'm just glad I took revenge on my cheating husband. It's definitely some nuclear revenge, but investing millions into this? I mean, it worked in the end, but that's a lot of money to invest trying to get revenge. Our next story is, I got my best friend fired because she ruined my wedding. For as long as I can remember. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Remember, I've always loved Sylvia. She was basically my best friend since birth. Her mom and I became friends who met in college and moved to Reading, Pennsylvania together after. They worked together, lived in the same suburb, and even had us around the same time. Sylvia was just two weeks older than me. Two weeks, three days, and 14 hours. So it just seemed to make sense that we'd be the best friends. Actually, to call us best friends wasn't exactly accurate. We were sisters. You know, that one friend that you're so comfortable with, you know where they keep the spare keys and you're at their place almost all the time? Well, with Sylvia and I, we had spare keys to each other's houses. We were so close that we devised a system of putting a special magnet we called the over magnets on the fridge if we were expecting one of us to sleep over. There were two magnets, one green and the other red. Whoever house's fridge the green magnet was placed on was where we both were. And if the red magnet was placed, it meant we were over at the other person's house. That made it easier to plan things like meals and to generally know where we were. Eventually, Sylvia had two more brothers while I remained an only child, but we remained close as ever. I adored her and I would have done anything for her. Things weren't always peachy between us though. We had a few clashes every once in a while, but nothing too serious. However, there was a recurring issue that I had with her. Sylvia could be quite mean for no discernible reason. The first memory I had of this was when in 7th grade, I had a crush on a boy, Dwayne. When I told Sylvia of my crush, hoping she'd share in my excitement, I didn't expect that she would scoff and call me silly. I was quite shocked, but I made excuses for her. She had, just 5 months before, experienced heartbreak when she decided to talk to her own crush. He had told her that he was flattered, but he just wasn't into her like that. She had gotten so upset that she spread a rumor about him that he'd been caught taking a dump on her lawn. As he probably would have expected, the school ate this up and started calling him Lawn Pooper. I know the truth though, but out of support for Sylvia, I didn't say a word to anyone. But I didn't think she'd be mad about it to the point of making me feel bad for liking someone. I had hoped that the five months was enough to get over her bitterness, at least enough to be happy for me. Seeing that Sylvia wasn't really a big fan of Dwayne, I put him out of my mind, or at least I tried to. That was until he wrote me a very sweet note and rose. The note read, I really like you, Sam. Want to hang out Saturday? My mom could take us to see a movie. I was so excited, and my hands kept shaking while I responded to his note. After that, Dwayne and I started hanging out a lot. 
and Sylvia didn't hide the fact that she didn't like that. I told her to at least give him a chance and not ruin my happiness. The thing I didn't ever consider, however, was that Sylvia would actually attack Dwayne, which is exactly what she did. One day I got to school and everyone was giving me weird looks. It was one of those rare days that Sylvia and I didn't go to school together, so I immediately looked for her. She was nowhere to be found, so I instead asked another friend what was up. Reluctantly, he told me that a rumor had started making the rounds that Dwayne had a collection of frogs and lizards that he ate raw. From concerned to disgusted, I looked for Dwayne, too, but he was also nowhere to be found. I figured out immediately that this was Sylvia's way of breaking things up between Dwayne and I. I tried to reach out to him to explain things and apologize, but I didn't get to see him, even when I stalked his house. Her plan seemed to have had unforeseenable consequences too. Later, Dwayne and his family moved to Ohio. I was so mad at Sylvia. I didn't talk to her for weeks, but sure as day, she somehow convinced me that what she did was right for me. And then there was the cheerleading incident. The funny thing was that I wasn't even the one who came up with the rule. She was. She told me that they wouldn't try out for cheerleading. Something about how it was full of snubs and we were better than that. I honestly was interested, but I agreed anyways, only to see when the list had been posted that she had tried out and gotten in. When I confronted her about it, she said she had changed her mind about it and she could swear. She told me and I had assented to it. At that point, I started being more careful about letting her make decisions for me. We still remained best friends though. Years went on and eventually we went off to college. For the first time ever, we were going to be separated for an extended amount of time, because while I went and got admission at NYU, she had opted to go to California State University, Sacramento instead. We made a promise to always stay in touch and travel to see each other at least once. We kept this promise, and our friendship remained strong. During the holidays, we both went home and caught up on a lot. We would spend almost the entire time going out and doing fun things together. Things were good, and she even planned to move to New York after graduation, which was a swell idea in my opinion. At this point I noticed she was a lot kinder. I thought she had outgrown being mean and so I was freer with her. After she graduated, true to her word, she moved to New York and got a job at a cybersecurity firm. But after just a few months in New York, she said she had to move out of her apartment. Apparently there had been a leak from a sewage processing plant that had somehow gotten into the water. So I told her she could stay at my place till she found a new place. And so we became temporary roommates. And then I met Dwayne again. I could barely believe it. I was a bit worried that he would blame me for what happened and he wouldn't want to talk to me. Surprisingly, he not only seemed to understand that it wasn't my fault, but he was actually really excited to see me. We hit it off again and soon it seemed clear that we still had feelings for each other. So we decided to give it a shot and see where it'd go. We started dating again. Now, while I trusted that Sylvia wasn't mean anymore, I still was cautious about letting her know that I was seeing Dwayne again, so I kept it secret for weeks. It ate me up inside to keep it from her, but I needed to be certain that if Dwayne and I were going to be together, she won't be a problem. One day, I asked her if she still remembered Dwayne. She went, the guy in 7th grade you almost dated? Yeah. So I asked what she'd think if we had reunited and started talking again, and she shocked me, but in a positive way. She said that would be awesome. 
and she was sorry about what she did back when we were young. She claimed it was just silliness and then she'd asked if I really had reconnected with Dwayne, so I said yes. At that point, I'd been itching to tell her all about it, so I just let it all spill. She seemed excited for me and I was glad. After that, Dwayne and I, sometimes her too, hung out a lot. In fact, as I got my dream job as the chief marketing officer at one of New York's top tech firms, they both set up a pretty amazing party with a few of my closest friends to celebrate it. Sylvia and I moved into a much bigger, much nicer apartment, even though I spent more time at Dwayne's place. Dwayne and I's relationship became very serious and fast, and within a year, he proposed. I said yes. Then began the arduous task of planning a wedding. Thankfully, I had Sylvia there, and we got through a lot of planning together. My parents were quite excited, and understandably so. I swear, I've never seen my dad as interested in anything. Even though they insisted on us getting married back at home, we insisted on getting married in New York, and so we agreed to have them flown in. This entire time, Sylvia was an absolute sweetheart. I should have known it was too good to be true. Sylvia didn't show her hand till the wedding rehearsal. She came in absolutely hammered. I thought there was something she was dealing with, so I tried to get her home. I took her aside and booked an Uber. I made sure she got in, and I asked one of my friends to do me a favor and follow her home and stay with her. When I got home after the rehearsal dinner, I went right to her side and asked what was going on. I was really worried and I was sad too. I wanted to be there for my best friend. But all Sylvia told me was that she was sorry she came over drunk and there was nothing to worry about. She said she'd be fine in the morning and she'd be the best maid of honor the world had ever seen. I believed her. The morning of the wedding, Sylvia was nowhere to be seen. I looked for her, calling her number multiple times and even calling the NYPD, trying to file a missing persons report, even though I knew they won't let me file till she was missing for at least 24 hours. I almost called the wedding off to look for her, but Sylvia's mom told me to go ahead with the wedding. She was certain that she'd turn up soon enough, and that she and one of her brothers said they'd look for her and let me know the moment she turned up. And so, uneasy as heck, and with one of my friends by my side as a maid of honor, the wedding began. Suddenly, Sylvia barged in in the middle of the service hurling all sorts of insults at me and generally calling me a nuisance. Everyone was shocked, but no one was as shocked as I was. Then she started screaming about how I wasn't good enough for Dwayne, about how I was a serial cheater and she was tired of covering up for me. I was so petrified, I was fixated on the spot. Dwayne and his best man tried to intervene, but she carried on. After that, I barely remember what happened. I remember being in my parents' room and then being in the ER. When I came to, Dwayne was the first face I saw. I asked what happened. He explained that Sylvia had made a pretty elaborate scheme in an attempt to ruin my life. She had doctored screenshots of chats to prove that I was cheating, but it had been quickly disproven. I asked where she was. He said he didn't know. The hospital insisted that I stay in for at least another day so they could observe me, which gave me another day to plot revenge. Sylvia was finally going to get what was coming to her. When I got back to the apartment, all of Sylvia's things were gone. I immediately started implementing my plan. I knew she couldn't go too far away because of her work. I also knew she'd probably have alerted security at her office to be on the lookout for me. 
She'd also probably avoid all of the places I'd be likely to see her. That meant that I had to find a sneaky way to get to her. I had to move fast before she transferred somewhere else. So I went to a friend who owned a farm outside the city and got something nice. Let's just say cows make more than just milk and I got some of that. I also hired someone to act like a delivery man to ensure that my present made its way to the right place. I got an airtight vacuum container too to keep my present fresh. The night before I struck, I figured out where Sylvia was putting up and sent a bouquet of tulips, which she was highly allergic to. She got a ride to the HR with extreme hives already building up on her skin. There was no way she was making it to work the next day. This Thursday after my wedding was supposed to hold at exactly 8.45. A delivery man dropped a package off for the CEO of Sylvia's firm. The bomb-sniffing dog didn't detect any explosives, so it got sent right up to the CEO's office. At 10.54, the CEO walked into his office and amongst other things, she saw the box neatly wrapped up. When confronted, when he opened it up, He was greeted by a large pile of cow manure and a little note that read, Thought this would be a nice way to tell you how much you stink. Love, Sylvia. P.S. Your son is ugly as hell. Guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. It was a long shot, but somehow it worked. By the end of the day, Sylvia was put out of a job. For the influencer boss has, I also doubt she'll be getting a job in the industry, ever. I heard that when she heard what happened, She almost had a stroke and had to be heavily sedated. I know that she knows it was just me, so I sent a little note simply saying, this isn't over yet. I don't plan to do anymore, really, I just want her to always look over her shoulder for the rest of her life. So that's the story of how I got my ex-best friend fired from her job and traumatized for her life. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. Would I do it again? Yes. Is this the kind of thing that you're traumatized forever and always looking over your shoulder? Like getting cow poop sent to your boss? I mean, it worked out, but I don't know if most people would be like constantly looking over their shoulder. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.